two, auto off topic. How did you we ever? Did we ever go away? Uh, we take vacations. It's true. I don't think we missed a week this time, though. We're good. Anyway, yeah. yes, welcome back. As in, it's been a week. Welcome back. Uh, I'm good, Andrew. How are you today? Pretty good. We've got the uh, wettest July on record here in New England. Would you go so far as to say it was moist? It's very moist. Yes. Everything's moist. <laughs> uh, it was actually a joke today on the news that they're like, so and so, the you know the weather guy, they're like, did it? <laughs> did we register any rain today? He's like, actually no, because they we literally had up until today we had one day without rain in this month. That's good. It's the twenty second today, for reference. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot Pretty of days crazy. of rain. It's a lot of days of rain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be worse. It could be China. They got their entire year's worth of rain in a day. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't yeah. be good. So I guess we'll live with a little bit of rain. It's yeah, actually, it's honestly, I, I, to, to make it a full weather episode. I was going to say, pretty, here it's monsoon season. Out where it's, you are. It's, been, it's been pretty rainy here, too. And, you know, I was here last year and, uh, and the year before. because so I've been here over two years now. And Weird. It, yeah, strange, right? But the monsoon, you can't say monsoon season. That's like saying ATM machine. You know that, right? Why? So the word monsoon literally means the rainy season. That's the word means. So saying monsoon season is like saying, you know, ATM machine. Or VIN number. VIN number. Yeah. VIP person. So it's the same thing. So you just you just say monsoon. Okay. Because the Latin word or whatever. Actually. Yes. Well, hey, listen, we're, we strive to be as accurate as possible on the auto off topic podcast, but it is monsoon here and we actually have had an actual monsoon this year. What if I were to call it Munson season? You'd just be wrong and I wouldn't be correcting you. You just okay. look like a fool. So it uh, here here in monsoon, it has been pretty rainy, actually. and It's been kind of nice. There's been some storms, some pretty heavy winds, some real big rainstorms up north in the mountains so it's been it's actually been uh it's been nice thankfully it hasn't rained out any events yet so all of like the saturday sunday events have still gone on we actually had a uh, one of the four till four cars and coffees last week where i literally felt like i was back in massachusetts oh really yeah because it was probably 85 degrees and it was 57 percent humidity (laughs) whoa 57 percent Hey, listen, that's pretty that's pretty moist for somebody who lives in Arizona now. And honestly, that's probably an average day in, in New England in the summertime. You know, some of the other days get higher, obviously, but I'd say an average day is 85 and 60 percent or so. Right. Yeah. I mean, we went to um, we went to Lime Rock on Saturday. Yep. You know, for the IMSA race. It's always sure. hot because it's, it's the hottest race of the year because yep. it's New England in July. Um, and it's either. It either makes it the whole day being really hot and then thunderstorms or thunderstorms like during the day, which yeah. the race ended up getting red flagged with like an hour to go because of lightning. Oh, was so it lightning? Because they'll, yeah. they'll run in the rain as long as it's not an actual electrical storm, right? Well, yeah. And that I think I think they don't run if it's going to be like downpour downpours because then they can't see and it's just dangerous. So, yeah, I think they'll run to the point of vis- a certain length of visibility and pooling water on the track because if it's corners are underwater and they just can't run safely because it's not like the old days where they just run it 
Yeah. And like you see that old picture of Sebring and like they're up to their ankles in water. It's not right. Like, it's not like that anymore. They just cars are now boats. Um, but anyway, it was uh, it was like, you know, 85, 90 in the sun. And it had to be like 80 percent humidity because yeah. all it had just been raining. So all the sun comes out and then all that moisture comes out of the grass. And like I, we we just melted. We like first sat down. We because of course everybody's there's like a couple of big trees there in the big hill, and like everybody's like under the trees. And we're like oh, I don't really see any space. So we like sat down in the sun, and me and Stephanie and like our son Marco was like we're all like so hot. We're like all right, I got it. I like looked. There was a little bit of shade. We like moved over there. Like this is much better. Just sitting under a blanket Brutal. in the field. Yeah. I don't know uh, if I've, I don't think I've ever been there for an IMSA race. Maybe I have once. Yes, you have. I don't remember. Yes, I have been one time. Yep. And it was hot. Yeah. So was it, was Usually, it a good race? Um, I don't know. It. They only they didn't run the prototypes. It was just GT cars. GT cars, yeah. So it was a cleaner race because they're not multi class really. Well, I the mean, prototype two- cars were running somewhere this weekend, weren't they? No, they just. I think for simplicity and for safety, they just don't run them at at Lime Rock anymore. Tracks too small. Yeah, and just their speed, kind of lame. But uh, I kind of get it. Yeah, and really the thing is, like, they did run them. I think two weekends in a row at at uh, Watkins Glen this year. Okay. So you could just go out there. It's not that much further. Right. It kind of is, but it isn't. Yeah, I was going to say, it's twice. It's at least twice, probably a little more Yeah, it, from from where you are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was still cool because there wasn't like a ton of yellow flags. It was just like green flag the whole time. And Corvette won, right? Jordan Taylor. Yeah. They, um, yeah, they, he, on the pole, won. Just the RSR Porsche couldn't catch him. Stayed up front the whole time. Yep. Yeah, and because his teammate was right behind him, so they're just kind of, you know, running, uh, shake and bake, right? <laughs> right. That's the number twenty three car, I think. Right. A number, a number four car, number three, number four, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's a C eight. Not... No, it's a new. It's a new. It's a new Corvette, mid engine Corvette, right? It is. I haven't seen them run yet. I haven't heard them yet. They sound totally different than the old Corvettes. Well, the old Corvettes were, were brutal. Yeah, they're more European. I guess they switched to a, a flat plane. Okay. Um, I don't think they sound as good. I think the old Corvette sounded better. They sounded more uh, American. Well, you sent me a video clip of the Porsche going around, and it was pretty loud. That thing was crazy loud. Um, yeah. I was there with, actually, listener uh, Steve Booten uh, and his buddy uh, went there, too. We hung out for a bit. Oh, cool. I saw and, he posted uh, there. I wondered if you saw him there. Oh, yeah, we hung out. I, I couldn't yeah. remember. I can't remember his friend's name, but his friend was like, yeah, that Porsche like tickles your brain because it. Yeah, it's just, loud. just the right frequency. You could feel that your ear bones like vibrating in your head. Like because they're just being over vibrated. Yeah, it's it's a pretty loud car. Just in that video, I could tell it was a it was a pretty loud car. So. But cool race. Uh, we didn't get there early enough to catch the other races because we were trying to. Was it was it, was it Jess, was it Jesse that was there with him? Oh, Jesse, I'm really, I'm really bad with names. Okay, well, sorry, Jesse, if you're listening. If it was you, uh, I have to assume it was. That's what usually goes with him. He looked familiar. I couldn't remember. That's okay. We'll let it slide. 
<laughs> Steve, don't get mad at Andrew. He doesn't know things. No, I don't. But anyway, uh, yeah, cool race. I got a cool shirt, actually, because we were so sweaty. I was like, I, I should buy us all some shirts on the way back so we didn't have to sit in like sweaty clothes because usually bring extra shirts. But it was uh, it's an IMSA shirt. And the back of it is all uh, like sports cars and prototypes from the 80s. Okay. And the, and the very bottom of it, it's just a collage one. The very bottom of it just says the Grady's. Says the what? The Grady's. Okay. And I just thought it was a cool shirt. I don't understand. What does it mean? Like the 80s, it just says the Grady's. Oh, great ease. Okay. Great I, I heard Grady like somebody's last name. Like, I was like, who's Grady? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I'll check yeah. it out. Um, so yeah, that was cool. And then, uh, Sunday was, uh, Misslewood Concours de Elegance. All kinds of events in New England this weekend. And, uh, it, it, uh, unfortunately rained yep. like it seemingly has done for the last couple of years. Yeah. Although it, been a... although it only rained in the morning and then it kind of broke and it was just gray and that's fine. And enough people still brought cool stuff. Yeah. Well, the, the nature of a concourse, uh, stuff is mostly trailered. So they're more willing to bring it out in the rain because it just gets wet, you know, sitting on the field. It doesn't actually get driven in the rain and mm. driven in wet traffic around people who don't know how to drive in the rain. So at least it has a chance of cool stuff showing up. I'm sure there are a few cars that did not show because of that. But Yeah. Um, I was trying to think. I, I definitely have never seen a Silver Ghost before. Yeah, there aren't many of them. Yeah, that was that was super, super cool. That was probably and I guess the there. cool thing about that car is that was an actual race winning vehicle. Oh, it was? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was the actual vehicle that won the 1914. Um, it was a race in Europe. It was like an endurance race. Um, oh, it would have been like pre Lamaha. I think I know what you're talking about. And I'm forgetting it because it's from the turn of the century. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, you know, it's probably like it's not the Vanderbilt Cup, but it's probably one of those type things like, a, you know, you know, I had everything. I had everything all set to to say what it was, and then I didn't save it. And now I've lost it. My father will yell at me because he talked about it with me already. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I've. Darn. All right. Anyway. Yep. I blew it. Sorry, guys. I think I've got a book that probably talks about it. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, if I if I took some time here and searched back, I could find it, but I don't think that's the best uh, podcast fodder here. So we'll we'll skip that. Hold on, pause for a second. Uh, 19, 1914 Alpine Trails. Okay, so that's what it was. The nineteen fourteen right. Alpine Trails. Gotcha. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, and the, and you're like, you know, you see pictures of these things from period. You're like, ah, silver ghost. Uh, maybe it's silver. I don't know. But yeah, it's actually silver, like a silvery gray. Like it's a really cool color. Yep. Yeah. They're super cool looking. And the cool thing is like those cars that was like pinnacle peak technology from 1914. Like that is the, uh, I don't know if it would be a Veyron right now. What's the. The new McLaren, the, they, Jes- the Jesco. 
Oh, I don't even know that one. I'm just talking about the the newest <laughs> McLaren. Yeah, I think it's a Jesco, isn't it? Or is that is that the What's the one that he just like debuted last year? Oh, the TI a T1? Yeah. That would be like the equivalent. Yeah, I am I am so behind the times. Um, yeah, clearly. Like supercars. Clearly. I don't yeah. so the Jesco's not even a McLaren, it's a Koenigsegg. Okay. So the Koenigsegg Jesco is like the new ultimate Koenigsegg. So then the McLaren T the T one. I think they call it T one. So yeah, I, you, we're definitely not the podcast to listen to if you want up to date supercar information. No, we, we definitely no. do not have that. No, it kind of ruins my metaphor. But that's what that's my my point is that the 1914 Silver Ghost is that car from a hundred years ago. Right. It was the the pinnacle of technology. Yeah. Didn't get any better. Yeah, because they could just take it and just race it, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Yeah, you said something weird about the engine too on it, the way it had like a He was just the guy that owned it was just running it for people and then he had it running I guess on one coil, you know, it had dual coils for redundancy. Okay. Or it could just run or it could just like if one went bad it could continue to run. And he just had it idling there and it sounded really weird because it was just missing. And I was like, is that really the way it sounds? And then cuz I heard it from like far away and it like cuz it like drew a crowd. And then he was fiddling with the, you know, because they have the ignition timing controls on the steering columns in these old cars from that era. Sure. Um, he fiddled with it. And then all of a sudden it was idling. It sounded like a normal, like four cylinder. So I don't even know if it's a four or eight, six. Man, he didn't do any any research, Andrew. No research. I don't know anything about these old cars. <laughs> or we don't know I just, old cars or new cars we've learned. So we should probably just shut this thing down right now. Yeah, that's it. Close it up. Hundred-year-old cars. I don't know anything about. Yeah, so they were forty horsepower. I think they were six cylinders. I don't think they were forty horsepower. I also know that you know they were probably a like a four-liter six-cylinder. Yeah, you know they were built, right? No, I don't. So there were two yeah, factories. They built in. There were two. No, there were two factories that built Rolls Royce at the time. One was in England. One was in the United States. Their United States brand, United States branch, was in Springfield, Mass. Oh, I yeah. think that was um. Was there another car company? There? There's been a bunch of car companies in Massachusetts over the years, but Rolls Royce was one of the big ones in the early days. So it sounds, so it looks like I'm looking right now. The Silver Ghost, between the years of 1906 and 26, they made 7,800 of them in various you know states. Mm-hmm. They were a six-cylinder car. Um. A 429 six cylinder, which is 7,000 cc's. So it's a seven liter six cylinder. Wow. Yeah. So that's cool. So it won the Alpine Trials in 1914, which is like, uh, I guess, a early version of like a Monte Carlo rally kind of, kind yeah. of event. So a super cool car. My father got to take a ride in it, actually. I was a little jealous. Oh, yeah. That's cool. He sent me pictures from the passenger seat, and I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some other cool stuff there. Um, what? Uh, oh, yeah, it was an AutoZam. Yeah, there was a couple of things I saw pictures of. I was a little odd, uh, strange to see an AutoZam there. It seems a little new for a concourse, unless there was a theme that I was unaware of. But just yeah, uh, didn't didn't seem to fit in the in the crew. That's a that's a '90s car. There's a so. Pontiac uh, Woody wag Woody wagon. Like a 38 that style, or like yeah. a 48? Yeah, okay. 38. Oh, the green one. Eight. It looked like no, a four. It was, 
No, it was maroon or burgundy. Was the one parked over by the building? Parked on the other side of the Silver Ghost. Oh, okay. Parallel to each other. I did not see that. I saw the woody wagon that was parked up on the top of the hill by the building. Again, I wasn't there. I'm just going based on pictures I saw. So we have to talk to them about getting their uh, social media presence up a little bit because it was hard finding pictures after the event. Yeah, and I think your dad was saying he just had some trouble because the ground was so wet with just moving cars moving cars was difficult this year and it always is there i remember one of the years i was there and it was raining we had to get you know we had to leave lanes wider than normal to get cars through so you couldn't put cars where you wanted them because you know these cars have these skinny little tires on them and the grass gets wet and the grass they don't keep it super short there so it's very slippery and last thing you want to do is slide a million dollar car into the side of a four million dollar car yeah or just dig it into the ground because it gets stuck in the mud yeah, tearing up mud, tearing up the gra- tearing up the yard, getting mud inside these, you know, multi-million dollar restorations, scraping a tree or a building. It's all, all kinds of bad things can happen. So rain is not the ideal situation there. And, you know, the, the property there is like rolling hills. Yeah. So it's not like it's a big flat area where you just park anything. It's it's It becomes difficult when it starts raining. So I feel bad. It's almost like they should move it to later in the year just to maybe get a, a drier. Well... Uh, the problem it with is they use it for it's a wedding venue. Yep. Uh, and if you moved it to like September, that's like peak wedding season around here. Right. Nobody gets married in the middle of July here because it's because it's always going to rain. It's yeah. rainy. It's rainy or it's hot yep. and humid. Yep. So, um, yeah. But anyway, it's it's a cool show. If you're in Eastern Massachusetts, Eastern New England, you should definitely check it out next year. Yeah, it's worth a couple hour drive at least. I mean, it's definitely a it's definitely a neat take. It's High the, caliber it's, cars. Yeah, it's the only kind of concourse kind of thing you're going to see anywhere you know in this area or in that area. So it's definitely worth it. Oh well, I think the closest would be Greenwich, uh, uh, Greenwich, and the yeah. Drain. And Rhode Island, they have one there too. I believe so. Yeah. So it's not it's not our scene, but we make it our scene for a day usually. I. Uh, I really wanted to be there this year, but you know I'm going to be in Massachusetts for a long time between the rally and the hill climb and some other stuff. So I didn't, I wasn't going to be able to make it out for this, but maybe next year I'll be there. We'll see because there won't be a hill climb next year. So maybe I'll come yeah. home for you know the week, the week of the concourse into the weekend of the rally. Right. So hopefully it'll be easier next year and have to take a whole month home. So yeah, cool. I'm glad you went. I'm glad it was a good time. So, and I'm glad that you had like a full, your first like full car weekend with Marco. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he was fine with the noise. I mean, we tried to put little ear protection things on him. He didn't want to. So, right. I don't, I, I don't know. Who knows? He's only 15 months. Maybe he was interested in, I don't know. Yeah, but it's cool as a that's a cool dad moment that hey you got to take your kid to car stuff all weekend long you know, and yeah. you know you can't you can't force your kid to like something but you can take him to things you like and if he winds up liking it then hey all the better right? Yep. So that's how we got into it. You know, our dads were like, hey, come do car stuff with us. Yeah, we'll probably so. try to go to the historics and do a longer day because it's also not as loud. It depends on the cars that are out there. <laughs> uh, I think they ran the Transams last year. The vintage okay. Transams are, are what is what's loud. Everything else is not that loud. Say so vintage Transams are loud. Vintage NASCARs are loud, but they don't really run those there. No, 
And uh, it's like the 80s GTP cars are very loud, but they don't run those there either. Don't run those there either. Yep. It's more uh, it's more cars that are, well, they're vintage. They're not that loud. And I think usually it's production people... based, usually like turn of the century through like 1960s yeah, and, and 70s. And when people aren't using them, they're usually at track days with um, noise limits. So they're really not that loud. Yep. Um, yeah, that's my favorite weekend there for sure. But. Unfortunately, I will not be there this year, so that's okay. And unfortunately, I'm also missing. I wanted to go to Monterey this year because it's happening. It didn't happen last year, but I didn't think about that when I planned my trip back to Massachusetts. Oh. And it's during that same time period, so you haven't go gone at all. I haven't. Out there. I haven't. The first year I couldn't make it just because of logistics. The second year I was like, "Yeah, we're definitely going to go to Monterey for all of Car Week," and then. You know, we all know what happened in 2020. So it's it's back on this year. And I wasn't even thinking about it when I planned my trip out there. And I'll be there in Massachusetts during Monterey. When's um so, when's Japanese nostalgic car show? When's JCCS, that? Japanese classic car show. Yes. Sorry. All right. So there's two big important shows out here for Japanese stuff. Well, there's three now, actually. But the two big ones are the Route 66 Classic, which is in Arizona. And that's the first weekend in October, the second. Okay. And then there's Japanese classic car show in October, the last weekend in October in Long Beach. So. Oh, it's the last week in October. All yep. Right. So we have a little bit of time in between there. Okay. So. All right. Maybe. If you're, if, you're, if you're out here for either of them, you will have to go to them. Yeah. Maybe I can make one of them. There is some. I do have some work trips coming up. I might have to be in L.A. area. Well, if you're in LA area for the 30th weekend, then you are. Yeah, it depends on some. And if you're not in LA until November, then Radwood's in LA in November too. So who knows? Yeah, there's there's some stuff we have to do out there. So yep. it's either in. I'll probably have two trips. I'll probably be out in September and likely in October. So. Oh, well, hopefully you can get out there for one of the events. So even if you're in LA for the Route 66 one, that'd be worth taking a drive back because it's actually probably only four hours from LA. But anyway, yep. Anyway, all future news, unimportant. We can plan that off air. Yeah, well, we like, we like talking o'clock. We, we like talking. Ugh. We like talking about events, though. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, uh, so, while we're on. I might as well do this before the end of the podcast. So while we're on talking about events, so last weekend, uh, because it rained, um, Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee, our friend Malin uh, moved it to this weekend, which would be the 24th Sunday. Okay. Um, 25th. No, 25th. Sorry. Yep. Um, And again, that is, it's tentative again, because it might rain. Um. If it does rain again, then she'll cancel it for July. And, but yeah. if not, it's go online, look at her Facebook page, Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee, and she'll have all the up-to-date info for it. So Excellent. And if you're in Arizona this weekend, big, big, big news. So the longest-running uh, weekly car show in the country is the Pavilions show here. They call it the Rock and Roll Car Show is the official name of it. Pavs. Pavs, as the, as the locals call it. Uh, it kind of shut down a little bit during the COVID times and they weren't allowing anybody to hang out. Then they opened it back up as a pre-reg only, like to limit their numbers. 
Um, I just learned that it is now fully opened, but because it's the middle of summer, they're doing it early in the morning. So instead of at night, correct. So for the following Saturdays for the rest of the summer until October, it's going to be early in the morning. And then starting on October 2nd, it's going to go back to that nighttime format. So I'm that was stoked. the best cruise night I'd ever been to. That, yeah. <laughs> that so, was so cool. Yeah, it's a very informal show, but formal. Like there's no there's no awards or any of that kind of stuff, but you know, they do rope the wrote the parking lot off and have music and there's nothing there. that doesn't there's nothing that doesn't belong there. So that's that's starting again. Uh, I'll be sure to be there this Saturday morning. Um, I was actually thinking, Andrew, and we'll talk about this off air, uh, not doing it this time, but after I come back maybe making like an informal auto off topic meetup there, you know, kind of see, if we can get some like-minded people together to hang out there when we have events and maybe you can do the same thing out there. So yeah, not, a, not official folks. We'll, we'll let you know if we do something. Yeah. Not official. I'm just, I'm talking about, you know, getting, getting like-minded people together, you know, once a month, not every, not every event, but just to kind of have some sense of, Something like that. Anyway, just thought. Talk about later. More, more stuff to talk about later. So that's that's pretty that's pretty big news out here because that show's been you know been running since I don't know when. It's it's billed as the longest continuous running car show in the country. I mean, people have talked about it like going there in the '90s, so it's definitely probably from the '80s. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a neat thing. The setting is cool, which you wouldn't think it would be because it's like a strip mall parking lot, but. You know, it's lined with palm trees and there's good lighting and you can see the sunset from there and all the mountains around you. So it's, it's a cool place. It's and the, and the stuff that shows up, you never know it's going to be there. It could be anything from a from a uh, a Veyron to a Rolls Royce Silver Ghost. Like that kind of stuff shows up there randomly sometimes. <laughs> there's some real big blue chip cars and some guy in his Miata. So it's everything and anything in between. It's a good time. All right, moving on. Any car projects, Andrew? Not this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, same here. I haven't touched anything since uh, coming back from Radwood. But I will say, I told the story last week of coming back from Radwood having windshield issues. Yeah. Or getting windshield issues on the way to Radwood. Uh, I always hoped I'd never have to put any kind of a claim in with Haggerty. But I will say that they are super easy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, super easy. So at least for a windshield claim, uh, they didn't really ask too many questions, just when it happened and how long the crack was, and then didn't ask for any pictures. And they, I guess, called a bunch of places in this area and got quotes, and they're sending me a check for the average. Oh, And if it's more than the average, they said just send them the bill, and they'll pay direct to the shop. Okay. So, or I'll I'll pay it, and they'll cover me either way. But still, it's super easy. (laughs) No issue at all. And I have uh, a no deductible glass policy, so I'm able to just get my glass fixed and not worry about it. So now I need to find a proper glass shop because I want to make sure that's installed properly this time. Yeah. So, And as you know, with a first-gen DSM, you have those screwed-on moldings that go all the way to the back of the car that have to come out to do the glass. So you need to make sure those are handled properly. But it's... Hopefully, it's more likely that uh, you'll get a glass company out there that does older stuff because older stuff exists. Yes, I'm asking around to try to find the right place. 
I don't. Yeah. I'm certainly. I'm certainly not going to bring it to safe light. Let's put it that way. No, that's so. the problem with uh, around here. It's not around. It's places. not just around there. That's we could have a whole podcast. Let's just say there's uh, safe light has a likely monopoly on. Uh, they're running. They're running an insurance scam, and they're getting away with it. Yeah. So, and uh, if yeah. if you call your insurance company and you tra- and you hit the glass company button, uh, the glass coverage button, it's like you know press three for glass coverage. It probably transfers you to a safe light rep. Yeah. So it's not it's not kosher in my mind, and it's technically not legal, but somehow they're getting away with it. Yeah. But and they also do terrible work. So. <laughs> And I can oh, say that just, from personal probably, experience. It's just slapdash work, right? It's just they're trying to get it, the most done. Yeah, for it's not like going to, it's, it's like going to McDonald's for a good burger. You're not going to get a good burger at McDonald's. You're going to get something yeah. that's passable as a burger and gets you through. You know, you're going to get your glass installed and it will be installed. But will it be properly installed? Probably no, not. They, they do it as quickly as possible to make as much money as possible. Yep. But there yeah. are typically there's usually independent shops, glass yep. shops. So. Yeah, and I, there's two I can recommend in Salem, but I haven't lived out here long enough to know, and I don't work in the auto body industry out here. So, and unfortunately, I don't even know many people in the auto body industry out here because the insurance company that I currently work for, we do claims over the internet in California. So yeah. I don't even have any like auto shop auto body connections out here, unfortunately. But I've been asking around a little bit, and I'll find a good place. But I got one one shop in mind already. Oh, I did get, uh, I got all my fluids in. I got to change fluids in the glot for the track day. So So you're doing a glot track day, not a G20 track day? Uh, Yeah, Thompson, I'll do the glot. Okay. And uh, I've got another one the week after the loud, and I'll probably do the glot. Depends on how it goes. Okay. The the G20 is the backup. Okay. Um, I I did register for one at Lime Rock because I've always wanted to run at Lime Rock. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. If you don't break a minute, you don't get back in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I'll probably run the G20 at because uh, it's a little bit of a scarier track. Yeah. A little less speed to be probably good. Yeah. I've run Loudon before um, yep. for an actual track day and also at the end of a TSD a couple times that we. Yeah. I've, to I've done at the end of a TSD, but <laughs> never. In the middle of the night. With no lights. <laughs> Just the lights in the car. Yep. <laughs> With a he, wink and a nod, it was like, don't go too fast. Wink, wink. Yeah. Somehow he didn't die. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did. I did go off track as a passenger. <laughs> I did. We did put it backwards into the infield. <laughs> but I was not driving. So I've, I've actually I've never done a track day in all my years of being a, a car enthusiast, which is probably, you know, something I should rectify. So I was actually. When you started talking about doing track days, I started looking them up out here, and there are a ton. So, yeah, I will. It's a lot, lot more common now. Yeah, and yep. uh, a lot, a lot more accessible. I think is what it is. I think yeah. we used to think it was, you know, a two thousand dollar day because it probably was. Well, you know? there used to be more. More time trials was more common. Yep. Uh, and now they've. It's now more lapping days. Right. Because people just want to do casual stuff. Well, yeah, you don't want to have to have all these rules of roll cages and fire systems and, and all yeah, that stuff. and like modern cars time. are so fast you can't right. possibly use them on the street. So just having a lapping day, yep, uh, is really cool. And uh, Thompson, I've I've been I've seen one there a track day. Okay, and uh, it's a it's a pretty flat 
track. Like it's pretty uncomplicated, I'm told. So that's why I'm doing the glot there. It's like a Dude, novice, class, novice class, anyways. They take you out for a parade lap, and it's like a permanent autocross track. No, no, it's a full size track. I know, but I'm saying like it's flat, like autocross track. There's no elevation change or anything. Yeah, I don't think there is. Maybe there's a little bit, but it's not like the downhill at at Lime Rock, right? That's Which cool. is it's funny because when you just like Road America or Road Atlanta, when you you play them in the video games, that elevation change doesn't register at all. And when you're actually there, you're like, oh, this is a really big hill. Yeah, the elevation change in a video game at Lime Rock doesn't show up very much. You definitely feel it at Road Atlanta, though, because that uphill after turn one is pretty steep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, um, it's pretty steep. And low-powered cars in the video games struggle. So I'm definitely, I definitely noticed that. But yeah, Lime Rock yeah. flattens out in a video game. Yeah, I just got some like MT90 and uh, Motul for the brakes and... Just uh, I I realized I hadn't I probably changed the gear oil when I switched the clutch out when the transmission was leaking. That was like five years ago now, and uh, I don't think I've changed the brake fluid in ten years. Yeah, you should probably do that before. So uh, that track yeah, day. That, needs, that needs to be done. And I know that maybe the transfer case and gear oil. It's been when I well definitely the rear end was when I put the car together. So it's like ten years, and transfer case was probably done when I pulled the transmission, but it's good to change that stuff. And then the G20, I'm going to put the same in the the gearbox and that. And I don't know that I needed to change that anyways. Yeah. Who knows when that was ever done, if ever. Yeah. So transmission to fresh brake fluid because I did the brakes, but that'll get Motul too. Transmission fluid is one of those things or manual gear, manual transmission fluid or or gear oil is one of those things that's overlooked a lot in car maintenance and people don't do it. So yeah, like the, the old WRX was getting real notchy. And I was like, this kind of sucks. And then I was like, I asked our buddy Keith, I was like, when was the last change, change this? And he's like, Oh, I don't know, like four or five years ago. I was like, really? <laughs> so yeah, as soon as I, yeah, as soon as I changed it, it was like so much better. It stopped grinding. It was like, you like just breaks down yep. and then it gets, and then, um, I like MT90. Um, it's like technically it's like 7590, but it's like 90 weight when it's hot. Okay. And then, you know, 75 when it's cold, so you can still shift it when it's cold. I remember the hot setup used to be the Synchro Mesh. Yeah, it's a- that's not bad. That's good stuff. Um, I've run MT90 in my uh, Subarus, which um, I don't know, it's GL4, and I don't know, maybe you're not, I don't know. I can't remember the specs, but it, it worked pretty good. I remember running it in the STI. That was a good oil for that. And I got all the stuff from uh, STM tuned. Okay. I don't know. Like, internet site, like, came up when I was looking for gear oil. But they, they listed a bunch of, like, Mitsubishi stuff, too, they carry. Well, yeah, yeah, they're a Mitsubishi. Like, they're a DSM Evo place. Yeah, but they must have moved into other vehicles because they had a bunch of other vehicles listed on the site. But it was cool because they had the all the transmission and the transfer case and the rear diff drain plugs and the gaskets. And I was like, you know, those are like 30 years old now. I'll, I'll buy them from you because they're only like $2 a piece. Yeah, you might as well, especially crush washers and stuff that are in there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I should probably actually change when, when I put the car together. But I should probably do the fluid and the 
in well in everything, but definitely in the Eclipse too. Because I don't know when that was last done. I mean, it shifts pretty well, but it could probably shift better. So. Yeah, it makes a difference. It's surprising. Um, and supposedly the MT90 it doesn't have some chemical that like breaks down brass synchros, which is what these cars have. So I don't know. Go for it. Hey, if it if it's better for it, do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not planning on going like super hard with this car. Either. Oh, you're like, not drag racing either. You're not doing the whole like power shifting and trying to get the best lap time. No, no, no. Time. Like I'll I'll just shift it easy or yeah. whatever. You can't you can't win track days. You can only lose. Exactly. I don't want to money shift the car. So yeah, um, just be careful and kind of rusty doing the novice class so i mean point that's wise. Part, yeah, it's probably the best way to do it get yourself back into it and again you can't win so don't try yeah exactly you know, that's the one thing everybody always says you can't win so don't try to win because you're only gonna lose yeah so we all i think we all know at least one person probably who's spun off on a track day and it's uh it's frowned upon the organizers do not like it because, you know, the more crashes that happen, the harder it is to get more track days. So go out there, be polite, do it right, and have a good time versus a stressful time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I did buy a new GoPro. Cool. So run I, look, I look forward to at least seeing videos. And I'm sure most of the track days have photographers there now, too, right? You can buy a print from. Yeah. So, yeah. At least you can probably get a, a picture from outside of the car too, maybe full lean in a corner or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Are you buying new tires or are you running what you got? They have plenty of tread on them. I mean, they're from 14. But no miles, really. Silence. <laughs> Not a ton of miles. I mean, 14 is fine in New England. That's what people have to understand. You know, if you're listening to this in, in Phoenix, Arizona, a tire from 2014 is probably trash. But in Boston, that tire is fine. <laughs> They're in really good shape. I and yep. I don't want to buy new ones until I wear them out because which will probably be after the next like two track days. Right. So you got to run on the five spokes then. Yeah, that's all I have to run. On. Well, you have, stock, that or, you have stock wheels and you have the OZs. I have stock wheels with no tires, and the OZs have no tires on them because I gave the tires to you. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying you could run those wheels if you were buying tires. That's why the whole point was what wheels are going to be on the car for photographs. Well, the, the pro races are a better wheel anyways. They're more, they're, they're more newer. modern. Yeah. <laughs> the last yeah, vintage. They don't shake at all. No. Excellent. Well, I look forward to photos and videos. So, and of course stories, hopefully not yeah. too many stories. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm running with a bunch of coworkers. Oh, that's cool. Which, which they're bringing. They, it sounds like they're bringing their uh, car. They're turning into a, a track car for Chump. Okay. Um, bunch of engineers I work with. Yeah, they're gonna all or a couple people different. A couple different people are gonna drive it. So that's well, interesting. You work with car people professionally now too, because both of us have spent most of our entire adult life working in the car industry in places where there aren't any car enthusiasts. So yeah, I'm like so. I guess our department's closed for that Thursday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. It happens. Yeah. It's not like we have customer service or anything. Yeah, it's fine. 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, you all have PTO, even I was taking at the same time. Doesn't yeah, matter. exactly. <laughs> no, I, uh, I've, I've always wanted that. Like, it'd be cool to work in a place where other people that work there are car enthusiasts, which you would think you would get working in the car industry, but that's a nope. big old lie. Most people in the car industry don't actually like cars. They just somehow wound up in the car industry. Is in it for a paycheck. Yep, which is quite annoying. It makes it very hard to explain why you're an enthusiast to them because they don't understand. No. So, whatever. Uh, a couple other things to go into before we go into our topic for the evening. A um, couple of pendantic corrections. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, one is really dumb on both of our parts. We were talking yeah. about cam speed versus crank speed. And both of us yeah. were like, oh, yeah, the cam spins twice as fast as the engine. Oh, we which, do these late at night. I don't know. Yeah, which both of us know is not true. So while the, the, the crank pulley on the bottom of the engine, the you know the belts are on is very large, the cam, well, the crank gear that either the belt or the chain is driven by is very small and very underdriven compared to the cam gears or for the, you know, belt or chain so the cam generally spins at half the speed of the crank so that's important to correct and we both know that and we've both had engines apart and put engines together and know how they work but for some reason we blew that one so we both thought wrong for a minute there and neither one of us thought to correct the other one so hey at least we can admit when we're wrong right yeah who called us out on that uh i think it was andy Yep. Um, my dad did and your dad and maybe a couple other people, but, uh, a- Andy McDonough did first. So we'll get maybe, him. I don't know. My dad, I think did the next day. <laughs> yeah. Andy was pretty close to the next day. So I, your dad didn't call it out. You know, he called it out to you. <laughs> All right. So, um, the next thing is radar cruise. That was a callback from a while ago because I talked about coming back from, a road trip behind another friend's vehicle and their brake lights being constantly on going downhill and being mad at them for riding their brakes. Uh, when it turns out that radar crews, uh, our friend Santiago told us, cause he actually works in the OEMs. There actually is a federal requirement that under a certain rate of deceleration, regardless of the source. So whether it's for regen in a, an EV or a hybrid or if it's radar crews, or if it's, you know, you hitting the brake under a certain rate of deceleration, the brake lights have to come on. So that's why it does that. It's not anything to do with the driver in the car. It's definitely an OEM setting and it's a federal standard they all have to meet now, which I guess makes sense because if you have a brand new car coming down a hill and it jams on the brakes because something stopped in front of it, the car behind them is not a brand new car. It doesn't have auto cruise and auto brakes. No. The brake lights better be on so you know what's happening. So that's why it, it's, it looks like when you're going down a mountain hill that even if the car is in, you know, if it's, it's downshifting to slow the car down, the brake lights will still come on. I don't know if that works on a manual transmission car that way. Probably not. But hey, maybe it does. Maybe it's all worked on uh, speedometer speed now. But on, on, over a certain rate of deceleration, the brake lights have to come on in the car. So interesting tidbit of fact. So thanks to those guys for correcting us. Um, I feel really dumb about the crank speed thing, our cam speed. Uh, I don't feel as dumb about the decel thing because that's a new thing. But 
we'll take our lumps on the cam speed. It is what it is. So we want to talk about tonight, Andrew. Some 40, cars. 43 minutes into the episode. Talk about topic. Yeah. So what? Yeah, that's fine. We want to talk about auction results. We're giving you all the free content. Yeah. <laughs> all the free content you didn't want. Yeah. All right. So I had an interesting thought today on auctions. Okay. Um, you had sent me a Volkswagen rabbit last uh, earlier this week. Yeah. You said, yeah, you said it sold for what you thought was a pretty good deal. So that yeah, like 16 grand. It was like 16 grand for a clean low mile. GTI. Uh, I don't even remember what site that was on. I don't either, but it was a clean low mile silver GTI. And, uh, it was, it was a fair deal. I mean, the buyer market, the buyer and seller both did, did okay. Um, but it got me thinking like, when did Mark one GTIs become a $16,000 car? Uh, and it turns out it was July of last year. Yeah. So I went back into a bunch of auctions at, you know, cars and bids and on bring a trailer and any place where I could find, you know, a few auction cars. Um, the move right now is to go to cars and bids. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple on there. The one you sent me was actually from cars and bids. I think, nope, that was, that was, nope, it's not, I lied. That's wrong. I don't know where it was. Um, I don't, I don't know where it was either. But here's the thing. So since 2021 started, there have been three rabbit GTIs sold on cars and bids. Yep. The high water mark is $19,250. Yep. So that's the most expensive one. Now these now, these were $2,500 cars forever when we were kids. Forever. Yeah. From Up until kids. like July of last ago. July of last year. <laughs> July of last year seems to be when things went crazy. Especially the um, US ones because they had square headlights and nobody wanted them. Yeah, but this this twenty thousand dollar car has been restored. Mm-hmm. Um it's nice. It's not a show car by any means. It's a it's a very high quality driver, hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. So it's not a slow mile car. It's not a low mile car. It's not you know, it's not a full windows out respray. It's just a, a partial restoration or what I've always liked to call like a sympathetic restoration on a decent car. Um, it's mostly stock. It's got what the Volkswagen people call a cup kit, which is uh, H&R Springs and probably Coney struts. But they sell them together and they call it a cup kit. I'm not sure where that comes from, but Volkswagen people always call that a cup kit. So it has a cup kit and uh, some uh, an aftermarket radio. And that's about it for mods. And it's over $20,000. Yeah. Silver, you know, classic GTI, red stripe grill. It has the red and gray and black stripe seats. But the weird thing to me is that on the same site, Cars and Bids, another Rabbit GTI with under 100,000 miles. It says TMU, but it looks pretty low mileage. Um, Same thing, mostly stock. Doesn't have modified suspension at stock suspension. Um, headliner not, thing. Yeah, it's not quite as nice, but it was forty seven hundred dollars, and the yeah. difference between nineteen thousand and forty seven hundred is, you know, it's that's four of those cars, <laughs> and you could certainly put a headliner back in the car for less than fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and so have the upholstery fixed. It, yeah, so it seemed like a strange market swing, and then I, I decided to dig a little bit more, and there was another one on here which had more miles, one hundred ninety k, but again that $20,000 car at 150 K 
um, a clean car, a little bit of faded paint, or, uh, air conditioning was removed. Other than that, not a terrible car. And that was $7,000. <laughs> so there's a huge swing in the market for these cars. And there's, we always talk about buy the car you want, not the car somebody tells you to buy. I'm telling you to buy a first gen GTI right now and put a little time and effort into it. And you can make some money on that car. It sounds like, because both of these cars don't have, you know, 12 to $15,000 worth of restoration in them to make them what that $20,000 car sold for. So while that $20,000 car might've been an anomaly on cars and bids, I went over to bring a trailer. And let me tell you, $20,000 is still on the high side, but they're all, they're all over 10, you know, a, a low mile car sold for 30, 32. Um, but every, almost every car, every car sold since July of last year has been over $10,000. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's a, a decent car that if you can get the right one, you can put the right time and effort into it and take the right pictures of it and sell it. And you can do pretty well. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be any, uh, any issues making a couple bucks on that. Now, that being said, July of last, uh, April of last year, our friend sold one on here, Dexter VW, mm-hmm. um, a super clean car, twin Webers, right wheels, suspension, like, um, bored out to a 2.1, yep. all the right parts and built by a, a very reputable guy. Like he's very well known in the VW world. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a couple of paint issues, but his car sold for $7,000. Yeah. So it sounds like if he'd waited a couple of months, <laughs> he might've made a couple more bucks on that car. Cause it was, it, 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 it blows my mind how much the market changed these cars that quickly. So I, I still want one. So ever since you sent me that $20,000 one the other day, they've been on my mind like crazy. Mm. And it's all I keep looking at is Mark one and Mark two GTIs. Um, it's one of those cars that I've always wanted. I had a Mark II GTI for a minute that I put back together. If you don't remember it. Yep. I put the motor back together in the car and then somebody offered me way more money than I was into it for before I ever drove it. Um, we had it like stumbling running, but we never tuned it. And I think my total budget into the car was like $300 and some guy came around and gave me two grand for it. So at the time I sold it. Yep. Um, but I'd never had what I could drive. So they kind of on my brain right now and I'm going to Massachusetts very soon, but I think when I come back, I might, uh, these would be a, a very valid daily because they're simple. There's not a lot of mechanical things to worry about on these cars. Um, they just, they kind of work and kind of run and the AC components are easy to get. Maybe I'll try to pick up a, uh, a decent driver GTI rabbit or golf Mark one, Mark two. As just as a, as a daily out here, because you know, looking at cars that are for sale, I could get into one for a decent a decent running driving car for less than ten grand. So I don't think I could lose any money on it. So this auction report took me took took me down a down a down a path of of bad places. Yep. So I don't like it. We gotta stop doing this podcast. Makes me spend my money. Not my problem. It is your problem because you gotta deal with it. Nope. Um, all right. Also, um, yeah, so those are hot. Um, 
what else I've been looking at lately? Because our friends were asking about what's a cool car for like 50 grand to get. Yeah, which is um, like, we're like, uh, wrong people to ask. <laughs> what's a cool car for 50 grand? Uh, 10 Volkswagen Golfs. <laughs> well, I mean, we kind of do know it's 996s. Yeah, no, no question. Oh, man, they're they're like popping off. Um, they're coming in their own. Like people are over the broken headlight, broken uh, yolk Bro- headlight. Broken egg yolk, yeah. Which I don't really care. I never, like, I always liked them. I didn't, yep. They never bothered me. I thought that was yep. cool looking. Well, you said it earlier before we started the show that, you know, these were the new Porsches when we were teenagers. Yeah, so they're so cool. They were, we were like, hey, it's a new Porsche. How could, how could it be bad? But I don't know, just in general, I, I was looking at a couple of listings here. I don't want to go through each one, but you, yep. I mean, you go from a, a non-turbo with an IMS bearing replacement that's like around 20 grand to yep. a turbo car that's like high, like mid, like low to mid 50s. The crazy thing about those turbo cars is different engine. Well, the, 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 Metzger, the Metzger engine doesn't have the IMS, but yeah. the crazy thing about those cars is that they performance wise were some of the highest performance cars available at the time. Like they were almost a supercar of the era. And oh, yeah. And they're 50 grand. Like, oh, they still de- destroy stuff now. Like you that you market be disappointed, like disappointed with one. Yeah, that, that market can't stay there that those cars have to go up. You know, there's there's no question because you know, everybody wants the Metzger engine because it's the better. It's the better engine from the regular standard. You know, nine eleven non turbos. Yeah. They don't have the IMS issues. First of the water cooled. Yeah. Um, they're gonna they're future classics. Yeah, I, I'd argue the point that they're collectible already, and they're just starting to come into their own value wise. Yeah. Because you know everybody knows the whole thing right now is that the Porsche market is like it's it's absurd. I mean, let's just call it what it is. The, the entire Porsche market it's been absurd for the last fifteen years. Yeah, it's been more absurd in the past five. Um. The the Porsche market for non transaxle cars. I don't want to make this into a Porsche podcast because there's plenty of those to listen to. But the the market is is absolutely insane. And cars that were ten fifteen grand, you know, five to ten years ago are seventy five to over a hundred grand for some of them now for some of these nine six fours and early nine nine threes, even nine nine three, you know, cabriolets that nobody wanted are fifty sixty grand. So. The fact that these turbo cars, which are some of the higher performing cars you can get for that entire era and even into the next era, are, is is un, unbelievable to me. And I think that if you buy one now and you enjoy it as a, you know, occasional daily, sometimes take it to dinner, take it for a long drive, just enjoyment car, second car, you're going to make money on it in another five years. So I don't understand why they're so cheap. I wish I, I wish I had the ability to spend fifty grand on a car because that's what I would buy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess I could sell a bunch of stuff and buy one, but that's not me either. So, but that's it's it's a cool car. I dig them, and for fifty thousand dollars, I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine what else you would buy for fifty grand. No. So, um, all right. I looked up the oldest car in cars and bids. Okay. Just for giggles. Um, what do you think? Uh, I mean, any guesses? On Cars and Bids? Cars and Bids is more like a daily driver kind of site. Um, I mean, it's got to be, it can't be older than 81. So it's an 81. 
No. Carsbits only goes down to 81? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yep. Enthusiast era cars. So like 81 to present. Or like 2005, I think. I wonder what defines that as the enthusiast era. I I just did. Oh. But to me, it kind of is. Right? Like it's, those uh, are like modern enthusiast cars. They're maybe modern classics, maybe. But I wouldn't even call it that. I'm not going like, to go down this road right now. Ford Explorers on there. forever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But anyway, this, there are enthusiast cars in that, in that era, but there certainly are many enthusiast cars built before 81. So. I don't know. Any any random guess for it? I you said it's the oldest car? Yeah. So is it an eighty one? No. Okay. Uh it's probably an eighty four Corvette. No, but it is a, a, a two seat sports car w- with a V eight. Uh so it's an eighty three nine twenty eight. Nope. Oh, that's a four seat sports car anyway. I blew that. Oh, God. So you're saying it's the oldest car in Cars and Bits. I'll, I'll give one more guess. All right. And it's a two-seat sports car with a V8, which means it's either going to be... It's not a Corvette, and it's not a 928, because that's four seats. It could be a Ferrari. I'm um, trying to think of what would have a V8. It's fancy. Oh, technically, it's a, a 2 plus 2. Sorry, but they're very, very tiny back seats. Okay. So is it a, is it a Mondial? Nope. Okay, I give up then. Give me a clue. Uh, give me a clue. It's British. A TVR. Nope. A Lotus, at least. A Lotus Alon. Lotus Esprit. Ah, I get there. Lotus Esprit. Nope. Because that wouldn't even, early ones, those weren't V8s. That was until the 90s. No. Aston Martin V8. Oh, V8 Volante. Okay. Convertible. Silver yep. over red. And what year is that? 82. Okay. Five speed manual swap. It's a pretty cool looking car. I never would have gotten there. No. No, it's it's pretty random. It's a pretty pretty obscure. Yeah. And if you said convertible, easy. you would have thrown me off even more because I forgot the Volante game in a convertible. Definitely pretty like 80s were all, looking. Were they all convertibles? Um, See, I think it's 70s looking. This is a very 70s car. Yeah, it's kind of holdover, right? Yeah. It's cool. No, I dig it. I don't think I'd want it, but it's cool. I would, I would drive it. Why not? Yeah, I guess. That's the kind of car you buy. You enjoy it for a year. I know if you only break down... With the amount of AAA toes that you have, you've done well, and you sell it the next year for the next person to use all their AAA toes on. Yeah, I don't even know what what V eight was it. I don't know What's about what size is it? Oh, here's a, a five point three liter V eight. I don't. The twin cam on each head. That's interesting. It's a quad cam. Maybe I'm less interested now. Oh boy, yeah. There's two hundred ninety horsepower, three hundred and twenty one foot pounds of torque. Like that's pretty. Uh-huh. That's pretty, pretty good. Cool. That's pretty good. I'm into it. Right now, it's at 15 grand with seven days yeah. left. I mean, I don't know yep. what the what it's worth, but I'm uh, I'm into it. Do you think that cars and bids would sell my Volkswagen? Yes, that's an enthusiast car. A manual transmission diesel wagon. Yeah, that's an enthusiast car. Long roof, the manual. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, when I get back having the because I had that stupid broken front bumper from that dumb pallet. Having the uh, front bumper fixed and the, the clear coat issue fixed in the hood, you know, spend eight hundred bucks on it to make it nice, and uh, dump it on cars and bids and see what it does. Yeah, Wouldn't hurt, right? Nope. Right? I did it pay it off first. I don't know. I mean, what's? Uh, it'd be easier, but yeah, I don't think you have to. 
I mean, what's what's Carvana offering you for it? Uh, last ditch was eighty three. That's pretty high. <laughs> it's it is, but they're selling them for sixteen. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. There's the cheapest one I saw in there was like thirteen nine with one hundred and twenty thousand miles, yeah. and my car only has eighty thousand miles, and they're offering me eighty three for it, which is what about which the is, other ones? It's more. It's more than. It's more than I owe. So I'm not I'm I'm not upside down by any means. I mean, it's an older car. I don't owe much money on it anymore. Um, I haven't done a bunch of them. I, the the Vroom one I did, um, and they gave me a quote similar but a little lower. And then I was talking to somebody that I know about using Vroom, and it seems like it's a not as wise of a move because hmm. their car was gone and in Vroom's possession, and they didn't get a check for like two and a half months. Whoa. Yeah. Which is not cool. Somebody else already owned the car before they got paid for it. No, not good. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so right. did you have any other auction cars or I don't. I just I just stuck All with right, the Volkswagens. I, I just stuck with yeah. the Volkswagens. I mean, you know, if you want to talk about Mark Twos real quick, I looked at Mark Twos as well. Um there was an eighty five GTI, one of the more recent sales on Bring a Trailer. There haven't been as many selling there because uh, maybe they're less I guess they're less bring a trailer of a car. Um, but this sold the end of last year, so it was in the in, in the past year. It's a uh, a Mars Red, which is kind of more of a, a deeper red. Um, on BBS RAs, which is the one piece BBS with the small bumpers, really nice car. Uh, I don't know what the mileage was. It was one hundred eighteen thousand miles shown TMU. Um, coilovers, Tectonics exhaust, Tectonics camshaft. Uh, Momo steering wheel, all all the stuff you would do to a Mark II, and it sold for nine thousand bucks. Whoa, that's cheap. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like these aren't they're good. I I think you know it's I'm, it's the I, best original hot hatch. Yeah, um, and I think you can't. You know, I, think, I want I want like a French hot hatch, but the GTI is a better version yeah. of that. And I, I just I, want a French one because it's weird and it's French. I don't think you can go wrong with a Mark One or a Mark II, but I think a Mark II is a little more dailyable. Yeah. It's a little more car. Um, the AC probably works better. They're a little more insulated. It's just, it's a, it's a pretty car because I love them with the small bumpers and the small, they call them small doors. So they have yeah. like a wing window instead of having the full size window. And it's a quad round on the BBS wheels. It's got a little lip on the front. It's just, it's, it's perfect. It's yeah. And for 9,000 bucks, like I'm saying, if I could sell my car, which is a, you know, if I could sell it for 13, 14 grand, like they're asking for them, you know, I, I probably wouldn't get that for it. But even if I got nine or 10, I'd rather it go to somebody who's an enthusiast than sell it, just dump it onto our Carvana lot somewhere. Yeah. You know, and then be able to make my way into an older car again. Yeah. Because a reliable older car is fine for daily out here because there's no road salt. So, exactly. So, speaking of older cars, I spotted this, I sent it to you. It was on Bring a Trailer. Local car here, 84 BMW 530i, 533i, five speed. Yeah, that was the white one with red leather, right? Yeah, really cool looking car. Yep, very good driver. It, uh, it only it bid to six, six, hmm. didn't sell. That seems low, which does seem low. Sell. Yeah, yeah, those were six grand 15 years ago. Yeah, cool yeah. car, maybe not 15 years ago, but I like them. They're hard to find in New England, not rotted away. Yeah. So if that car wasn't rotted away, then I say yay. Um, buy it because they're hard to find out there that way. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was pretty cool. I remember I was looking for one a few years back. Remember we looked at a couple of them. Um, yeah, when I, I wa- out, yeah. yeah, when I wound up buying my Audi four thousand. So cool. So uh, then I looked. Um, well, I'll get to the other one, but we'll 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 take a stop over to Rad for sale real quick here. I didn't even think of looking at Volkswagens over there. I don't see any Volkswagens right now, but the coolest thing I think they've got right now is eighty seven Regal T type. Okay, so it's a not black Grand National. Yeah, twenty five thousand miles on it. I dig it. Super, oh, it's two tone cool. gray, two tone gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be curious to see where that one goes because those cars go for huge money um, when they're low miles like that. Yeah, that cool GT that is pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. A low mile car. Those are neat. Then I went and looked on. I was like, strangely, bringing trailer doesn't have like. Maybe I'm missing it. They don't have like a year selector. I just want to like browse by year. Because, um, you know, maybe I don't know what I want in a year range of car. Right. Well, I've always done that. I always did it on Craigslist. I'd be like, oh, I want to. Yeah. Somebody, I want a car from 1960 to 1965. Yeah. Show me everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, I was like, well, what's the oldest thing on here? What's kind of out of our wheelhouse a little bit? Um, 34 Pierce Arrow 836A. It has a, I was looking at the listing. Yeah. It has a comfortable amount of oil leaked in the bottom for me to drive it. Yeah. I, I dig it. It's covered in grease and oil. I love it. <laughs> it's like all, it's like mostly original looking. Yep. It's very, very cool. It ends in five days and it's currently at $2,200, which is dangerous. Um, really I assume cute. it's going to go a bit more than that. Yeah. I think it's actually somewhere out here in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty faded. It's pretty dinged up and it's just very it's very honest car uh it's got a cool aesthetic yep it's it looks really good it's got the artillery style wheels and what looks like if not original paint then just probably painted in 1958 (laughs) yeah so i i i definitely i definitely dig it and i would totally drive it i don't know anything about these cars i don't Um, know anything about them i know it's a straight eight which is cool it's a three-speed manual which is cool um Somebody put a different starter in it, like a more modern starter. It sounds like it's still six volt. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff, but I uh... yeah, I think it, maybe it's like my dad's Buick that he got, where you it's thirty eight Buick, where you step on the gas pedal to start it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know how these start. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Looking at the pictures, I like it. I'm into it. Definitely drive it. Cool. Well, I, I can't give you any insight into that one because I don't know anything about that world of Pierce Arrows. I know that they're some of the fancy ones and they're fully restored are six figure cars. So, and actually, the gentleman who was here, when I told the story of doing the CV axles in the Jetta station wagon. Yeah. He uh, he has a 33 or 34 Pierce Arrow that's fully restored Interesting. that uh, he drives all over the country. Huh. And actually, he's probably currently, because it's, is it July? Yeah, it's July. He was driving it sometime in July. I don't remember when. He lives in like um, the Bay Area in California, and he was driving the car to New York for the uh, Pierce Arrow Nationals. Wild. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, and he's driven it a couple times across country. So, cool. All right, Andrew. I think that's an episode tonight. Sounds good to me. Um, so, yeah, go check out Southern New Hampshire Cars and Coffee. Uh, that's coming up 
Sunday if it doesn't rain. Uh, New England Force Rally is next weekend. They just came out the spectator guide, so that's all over Facebook, whatever. You can go yep. find it if you're in the area. Um, what else? Oh, well, Pavs next Saturday morning out here in Phoenix. Yep. Things are going up. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. So, as always, um, keep your guys analog and aim for the roses. Yeah.